the shepherd's joy. We continue our series this morning on joy to the world in looking at the references to joy in the Christmas story in the Bible. And uh, when I was a little one, my mom would read me a book about Nicholas, the Bishop of Myra. Ever heard about him? We call him Saint Nick today. But he was a contemporary of Athanasius. Athanasius being the great bishop who fought the heresy of Arianism that taught that Jesus Christ had been created by God and not pre-existent. And Athanasius spent his entire life fighting for the truth of the divinity of Jesus Christ. And Nicholas, the bishop of Myra, was a contemporary of Athanasius. And uh, in the book that my mom would read to me, it tells the story of three, if I'm not mistaken, it's been, oh, 40-some years or so. Um, If I'm not mistaken, uh, there, there were three girls who were very, very poor in his parish. And uh, he was, this was something he did more than just with these three. But when they left their stockings out to dry over the fireplace, in the middle of the night, he came and he put gold coins in there to help them make their way through that difficult time of their life. Well, then started a tradition, right? Stockings over the fireplace. Another, another story goes, and I don't know if this is true, but it's certainly popular, And that is during the great debates at Nicaea about the divinity of Christ, Nicholas became so angered with Arius that he actually went over and punched him, which, as our superintendent says, sort of puts a new meaning to the notion of making a list and checking it twice, (laughs) going to find out who's naughty or nice. And so you might want to watch yourself and what you believe especially tonight. (laughs) That's horrible. Now we're going to get to the Bible, okay? So verse verse 8 of chapter 2. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And there was joy that was coming to these shepherds. And I want to just point out, first of all, that the shepherds' joy came where they were living. They lived out in the fields. You ever done that? Anybody here ever worked with sheep? Ah, Bev, I want to hear your story. And Glenda, okay. Maybe, maybe others too. Some people are just touching their chin. And I, I don't know. If that's what you're doing, I don't know. But I had a friend who worked on a sheep ranch for a while. And he said, Josh, there are so many similarities between sheep and people. Uh, these shepherds, someone writes, were staying in the agricultural fields. Those spending time on or near a farm are aware of the importance of keeping livestock separated from field crops. Our expectation is that the people in Bethlehem, which, by the way, was the place where David was also a shepherd, that the people in Bethlehem would have had a similar concern, particularly since Bethlehem was famous for its grain fields. It meant literally house of bread, and so they would have grazed in those cut fields, probably, One would not expect to see livestock in these grain fields before the harvest. However, after the harvest was complete, the shepherds were welcome to bring their hungry animals into the fields so that they could nose through the stubble for leftover kernels the harvesters had missed. In return, the sheep left behind valuable manure that improved the quality of the soil, increasing the yield of those fields in the following season. That is why the shepherds would have been living out in the fields near Bethlehem. Or at least that's one possible explanation. 
uh, in a book that uh, Superintendent Brian wrote called the, The Fruit of the Christmas Spirit, he writes this of the shepherds. There were a lot of shepherds in the Old Testament. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had big flocks of sheep. David was a shepherd from Bethlehem, and he wrote about the Lord being his shepherd. However, by the time of Jesus being a shepherd, uh, being a shepherd wasn't such a great profession. The Pharisees had decided that since shepherds hung out with animals, they were ceremonially unclean. That meant that they couldn't attend religious services. He writes, not too far west of where I live, and at the time he lived in um, Sweet Home, there are a lot of sheep. In Oregon, we get plenty of rain and have green grass for the sheep to feed on. In the Middle East, you've got to keep moving in order to find fields for the sheep so they can have enough to eat. The shepherds at the time of Jesus moved all the time. And so whenever something was stolen or missing, the traveling shepherds got blamed. And plenty of times this was true. Because of this bad reputation, the testimony of a shepherd wasn't allowed in the courts since they were so unreliable. Think about that. The life of a shepherd was boring and lonely, he writes, and you only hung out with sheep and other shepherds. This does not sound like an exciting life, but many times our lives, our lives aren't all that exciting either. Very few of us are people of tremendous influence in our world. Uh, most of us go through our ordinary lives. We won't be followed by paparazzi. We won't be photographed on a red carpet, and we won't be asked, who are you wearing? <laughs> Most of us are ordinary people who live ordinary lives. It is Abraham Lincoln who said, God must love the common man because he made so many of them. To be honest, most people with ordinary lives go through difficult things on a fairly regular basis. Uh, in the last week, I've been on the phone with uh, John Campen, whose wife Emily had a brain aneurysm about a week ago that burst. And she's, she's in her 30s somewhere, I imagine. They have three young children, including a baby. And she ended up in the hospital in great pain. She's still in the hospital. She's recovering very well, praise God. But John and kids were over to our place yesterday for a little while. And we prayed together. And it just struck me, you know... Suffering does not take a pause at Christmas. My memory goes back to one Christmas years ago uh, when my mother was fading away. Sam will remember that. There were a few Christmases like that. Uh, one time we thought that we were going to lose her over Christmas. She had a blood clot. This is during her battle with cancer. And so I rummaged through the, the, the cupboards of our house trying to find bread and juice for communion, located some things, and then we shared in what I thought might be our last communion together. A couple of years later, she was fading over Christmas, and uh, right around that time, my wife on Christmas Day began to experience severe pain uh, internally, and we ended up in the hospital the next day. Uh, she had an ectopic pregnancy and was hospitalized over that season. As you go through life, you have these memories come back. Remember, for, for me, one of the, the wonderful memories is we'd get our Christmas tree, probably at a Boy Scout parking lot, and uh, bring it home. And then mom would pull out this old orange box. I asked my kids, have you ever seen an orange box? You know, the kind with a lid. And they said, no, we don't know what that is. You know, what are you talking about, I said. You must be lying to me. Stop lying. But anyway... An orange box full of old ornaments, homemade most of them, 
And then another orange box full of those Christmas lights where the bulbs burned hot. And you put those on your tree and you just didn't think about it. Uh, And then what we would do, our practice for safety purposes, is to leave the tree up with the lights on for a couple weeks after Christmas so that the the needles could become very dry and flammable. And, And I don't know, maybe we wanted to collect the insurance or something. But we have good memories mingled with bad. That's ordinary. And so there must be something else to the joy that we receive. And for the shepherds, I think that's so. Into their ordinary and tough circumstances, that joy visited the shepherds. Behold, verse 9, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, and I want you to notice two words as I read this passage. And I'll read it again. I want you to notice the word them and the word you. Because we're talking very much about the shepherds. This is directed to them. So listen for it again. An angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you, in this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. We think of the Christmas account as being something for all men, and it is. But in this instance, it was for them. The people on whose mind, the the people the angels had in mind as they came with this message were these simple shepherds. It was you. It was them. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And we glorify God this morning because we know That God has us, has me, particularly and specifically on his mind. There's a scripture that came back to me as I was preparing for this message. And it's in Psalm 139. And don't turn to it. You won't have time unless you're super fast. Because I'm already there. But verse 17 of Psalm 139 is, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. God's thoughts towards you and toward me this morning are more in number than the sand. We have a great advantage that virtually nobody else has in all of the country unless they live on one of the coasts, and that is access to a lot of sand. You ever been to the beach? If you haven't, don't raise your hand. That's kind of embarrassing for you. If if you've been to the beach, you know that when you get there, there's no sand in your car. But when you get home, there's at least a million grains of sand in your car, no matter how much you shook, how much you beat your shoes against the tires, how much you shook people. (laughs) My wife's like, honey, leave me alone. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. That's how many thoughts 
God has not just for the world, but for you. From before the foundation of the world, you were on his mind. You were on his mind as you slept last night. St. Nick doesn't get to do this, but he does see you when you're sleeping, and he does know when you're awake. Frankly, knows when you've been good or bad, so. But here's the deal. He loves you anyway. In spite of the things that you know and I know that we have done against a holy God. He loves you anyway. He was not without the knowledge of your sin and mine when he sent his son, not to just be a cute baby in a manger, but to die for you and for me. I've had people tell me, how could God ever forgive my sins? Well, this is how. He gave his only begotten son as a sinless sacrifice for your sin. That's how. And it was sufficient. God had the shepherds directly and specifically in mind, and he does you as well this morning, such that the text tells us goodwill toward men. But what does Paul say to the Corinthians as we think about these poor, off-scouring of the earth shepherds? He says this, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and the things which are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. God has the shepherds in mind, but it says, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Verse 30, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. I spoke with a gentleman once who said to me, I've not done anything for the Lord. He said, I don't know the Bible. I haven't gone to church. You know, maybe Christmas or Easter a few times. But I haven't really gone to church. I don't deserve for him to forgive me. You know what? He was exactly right. He doesn't deserve to be forgiven, and nor do you or I. But it was like he was saying, why would God choose me? And I told him that this was precisely why the gospel is such good news. Jesus did not die for us because we deserve it. There aren't two classes of people in this world for whom Christ died. Those deserving and those undeserving. Only those undeserving. C.S. Lewis said it like this. Drink the cup of shame to its dregs. (laughs) But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. He accepted that man that I shared with. Accepted Christ that night. Praise God. You may this morning, if you look to him, look to Jesus now and live. And then we see that the shepherd's joy came when they had seen Jesus. In the midst of their tough and ordinary circumstances, it came to them, but it came to them in the person of Jesus Christ. So it was, verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem. Notice now the word see or seen. Go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, 
which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the things concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. What must it have been like to see Jesus that night? What will it be like to see him one day soon? There had to have been a difference in that cave or wherever it was that they had laid the baby. Because it isn't just another baby. It is the Son of God lying there, already set apart as the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Mary was a virgin when she had Jesus. He was not corrupted with human sin. Mary and Joseph, however, were human parents. And, uh, and they, would, they were married, I believe, at this point. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And, and uh, oh, by the way, uh, somebody got married. Actually, a couple people got married here last week. Uh, Samuel and Becca Clack, would you stand? Haha, <laughs> gotcha. You thought... Congratulations, you guys can sit down. I don't know how you got here this morning, but if you came on donkey, that would have been authentic for the day. You know, whether or not you came on, on donkey, you will pay taxes, just like Mary and Joseph had to. It's one of those things that's inevitable in life. Taxes, so congratulations on that. Congratulations on your wedding. But here there's this young couple and she's given birth, and the shepherds come in, and they see this baby. And years ago, I think it was in 2005, I wrote a story, and I won't read the whole thing to you. I'll just read the end of it. So most of, of the powerful part will be missing. But I wrote a story for the children of the church that I was pastoring at the time. I imagined a family with several children who were shepherds visiting the manger that night. At the end of the story, they go to where the baby is. I wrote sometime in 2005, as soon as they entered, mother and father both looked at each other and fell on their knees. James looked very serious. He still felt dirty inside. That made him afraid. For some reason, he knew that this baby could help him, but he knew he couldn't be Mr. Tough Guy anymore. Maybe he wouldn't be afraid of snakes, but he needed to fear God. He knelt beside the manger, asking God to forgive him for his bad thoughts. Caleb was still shaken too. All of a sudden, what he had been thinking about before came flooding back into his mind, about wanting to have fun, about wanting to be rich, about girls, and about his dad's love for God. He remembered how he didn't like watching the flocks by night. Now he knew that if he had not been watching, he would have missed seeing the baby. Caleb also knelt in front of the manger. Something was happening inside his heart. He remembered that old psalm his father loved to pray, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He realized he had been wanting everything but God. And all those things, the fun, the money, the flirting, all those things were really not important. But there was a little baby lying there in front of him, and somehow Caleb knew this baby was more important than anything or anyone. 
you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger, a simple little manger, but worth all the watching flocks by night Caleb would ever have to do. Danny was nervous as he stepped up to the baby. There was a mean-looking cow staring at him from a stall. A shepherd would not have been afraid of a cow, but there was a time I was. But anyway, there was a mean-looking cow staring at him from a stall. And the way that cow chewed, her jaw moved back and forth ominously as if to say, don't come any closer or you'll be cud. <laughs> I remember one time I was at my, my wife-to-be's place and they had 17 acres and next to them was a cow pasture. And I went up to the cow pasture and I, I, I must have crossed the fence and all of a sudden I had a host of cows coming toward me rare, pretty quickly. I took off running, and my wife just stood there, my wife-to-be, and she said, why are you running? I said, the cows are coming for us. She said, that's what cows do. They're just curious. They're not going to do anything to you. And um, I was like, I was just seeing if you'd be afraid, and I was, you know, but. Danny walked toward the baby and looked into the sweet face. The baby was so tiny, but the baby was not afraid. Danny remembered the angel's words, do not be afraid. Father leaned over to Danny and whispered into his ear, God is bigger than anyone. Just look at the baby and you will see. Danny looked up. Mary, who was stroking the baby's head. What's his name, he asked. Mary smiled at him. His name is Jesus, she said. Hi, Jesus, said Danny. You aren't afraid. Can I be your friend and will you help me not to be afraid? And right away, Danny knew he didn't need to be afraid anymore. Sarah, about three years old, sat on her mother's lap and looked over at Daddy. Daddy, she said, I'm sorry for disobeying you. Father smiled. I forgive you, he said. Daddy, I'm glad we obeyed God and came right here so we could find this little lamb. A great Southern Baptist preacher of the last century, R.G. Lee, said this, Christ, who in eternity rested motherless upon the Father's bosom, and in time rested fatherless upon a woman's bosom, clasping the ancient of days who had become the infant of days, what deep descent from the heights of glory to the depths of shame, from the wonders of heaven to the wickedness of earth, from exaltation to humiliation, from the throne to the tree, from dignity to debasement, from worship to wrath, from the halls of heaven to the nails of the earth, from the coronation to the curse, from the glory place to the gory place. He writes, in Bethlehem, humility and glory and their extremes were joined, born in a stable, cradled in a cattle trough, wrapped in swaddling clothes of poverty, no room for him who made all rooms no place for him who made and knows all places. O oh, deep humiliation of the creator, born of the creature, woman. But in his descent was the dawn of mercy. Because we cannot ascend to him, he descends to us. Hallelujah. Uh, my brother Herb sent a text to a couple of us the other day. Just a little YouTube video where somebody had been asked, what is something you know about Jesus? 
And their reply had been things that have to do with themselves and, and feeling good and almost like Jesus is a buddy. And Jesus is our friend. But Herb sent that to us and he said, you know, in answer to this question, what is something you know about Jesus? He asked us, what would you say? What would your response be? And that was a good question. And I said, he is God's only son who died for you and me. He rose from the dead and invites us to repent and trust in him to forgive our sins and change our rebellious hearts to be like his. And I felt like it was sort of a, an accurate theological answer, but I appreciated your, your response better. And it was this. He's king of kings, thrice holy, creator of all things. Praise the son of the father. Worship him for our very existence and for our undeserved salvation. And I think that's what the shepherds did. I know that's what they did. Was ever a human father caught up in the raptures of worship of his own child? I think not, but Joseph would have been. Mary was. The shepherds were. The wise men would be. Would you be as well this morning with me? Let's stand. Son of the Father, God in flesh with us dwelling, Emmanuel. We sing the songs, let us hear the words, let us sing them with our hearts, let us bow before the throne of the Lamb of God and say thank you for coming to ordinary common people, men and women and little ones, like all of those who are here today, that you have us in your mind, you have us in your thoughts. And Lord Jesus, none of us need be outside of your grace this morning. I ask you, dear Father, to stir and to breathe the warmth of the Spirit of God into hearts today. Make them to know you. Make them to seek you. Bring them to repentance. Grant them forgiveness. Grant a response in our hearts to the Holy Lamb of God who came on Christmas Day. Oh, God will give you praise forever and ever, for you are worthy of our praise. And Lord, we wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of our hearts. And we thank you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas.